the Podfix Network. I see what you're doing. Whoa, whoa, you're getting frantic. You're getting frantic. Yeah, well, yeah you're not you're not a clap. Okay, there we go. No, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here, Adam. <laughs> I'm ready to go. <laughs> okay, ready? And then three, two, one. Adam, are you ready to call this meeting to order? I find it strange that you even have to ask. Let us do this jam. Okay. Well, we have a lot going on in today's meeting, as we often do. But we can't get to any of it until I bring up something that I think has to be addressed. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. You sent me a very shocking text message (laughs) like two days ago. (laughs) Would you like to share with everyone else in the meeting what the content of that text message is? I mean, I'm going to say it and I'm going to say it cryptically, but (laughs) needless to say, there is a great tragedy that has befallen my household. (laughs) No, you can't be cryptic. You need to come out and say it. It's been a, it's been a prominent part of our, of our (laughs) Our history of our canon. (laughs) Yeah. It's been part of the show for a couple of years now. That's true. Your whole meadows have become canonical. Well, they have, but mine are complete. That's true. And for some reason, for some reason, despite the fact that I've kept you in the loop on that experience, (laughs) moment by moment, you learn nothing from it. (laughs) Nothing. Go ahead. I I want you to say it. We're doing a home reno, buddy. Golly, that's ridiculous. (laughs) Dude, don't I know it? That's so ridiculous. Well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make you elaborate. I just wanted you to be in a position where you had to admit to everyone in our meeting that you've learned nothing from my mistakes, <laughs> and you're, now you're doing a home reno. Dude, you know, I, I mean, I would say that not, not so much that I haven't learned anything from you, but I've been inspired by you. Listen, I have a lot going on right now, and if I've learned anything from you, it's that whenever you don't have any more capacity for anything, you add more on top of it. And not just more, but something significant. A tremendous upheaval of your day-to-day life. That's 100% true. That's absolutely true. Well, and, and you should know, I think you do know that our mutual friend, Greg, longtime listener of the show, yes. been on the show many, many times, he didn't learn from watching me either. He's doing a <laughs> much, much more, much bigger, more elaborate Reno that you and I probably are, have ever done. Oh, uh, guaranteed that's bigger than mine. And I'll tell you one thing else that one you know was one piece of advice that I wish I'd heeded was that you know home renovations are not free. <laughs> you know, no, I mean? they're not. They, they cost a lot of money. Yes, they do. <laughs> God, the two of you, two of my closest friends, have learned nothing from my misery. <laughs> like I said, I think of it to be inspired by. Yeah, inspired okay. by. All right. A tribute to the, you know, I mean, because listen, these home rentals are, are more catastrophic than Category 5 hurricanes. They yes. are more powerful than any COVID. There's no question. You know. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm not going to beat you up about it. I just, but I, I did feel like I needed to call you to task. <laughs> just just know that I'm disappointed in you, Adam. <laughs> yes. And, and, and you are going to have to give updates on your misery. That's, that's oh, well. part of how this goes, just like <laughs> I did. 
Right, right. It's, it's part well, of the cost you have to pay. <laughs> it's the penance that I bear. Yes. I that, so I don't know what your timelines were, but my timeline is six to eight weeks. Whatever. That's what you think. <laughs> that's what that, I can... That's your first mistake. You're already doing it. <laughs> Dummy. <laughs> <laughs> you you've fallen victim to one of the classic blunders, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> we will speak no more of this at this particular meeting, but in future meetings, you will be giving updates. That's fair, and I appreciate you keeping me honest about this thing, you know, and, and being accountability. And I predict that one of the things you'll have to admit is that that timeline you just declared is garbage. <laughs> and so is your budget, by the way. So don't 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 go spouting what you think it's going to cost either. No, no, no. I'm too ashamed of that. Yeah, well, you should be. Okay, okay. Well, enough of that. Let's begin as we always do and go over our top contributors list. Well, let's do this jam. All right, counting down from ten to one. In the ten spot is Bonnie Chomo, who of course is Paul Chomo's mom. In the nine spot is Karen Harris. In the eighth spot is Phil Rude, a world-class illustrator. The number seven spot belongs to Carolyn Healy, my improv buddy. Number six is Laura Bennett, Paul's sister. And here's the top five, Adam. In the number five spot, Brisky Cawthon of Turn of Phrases, who also heads up the theater department at the Gravity Beer Performance Park. Mm-hmm. Number four is someone who has never appeared in the top ten and is already appearing in the top five. On the back of his efforts, posting a Costner a day keeps the COVID away. A longtime friend of mine, David Colicchio, in the four spot. <laughs> I love those updates. <laughs> in the three spot, the queen of the cafeteria, Tiff Franks. Yes. In the two spot, the aforementioned host of the award-winning Varmints podcast and checking in with Chomo. And in the number one spot... And we know it's not Keith because he retired. The new holder of the number one spot, the driver of the bookmobile, an all-around great guy, <laughs> Luke Umshide. Wow. What a list, dude. What a freaking list, man. Yes. And some new names in there. How about that? Man, dude, I tell you what. The, the it feels like there's a the river of top contributors is flowing hardcore it really is and let me recognize some other contributors in no particular order Laura Thompson uh, mm. Les York my childhood friend Andrea Blucas our groundskeeper Chris Osborne of the Play Comics podcast and Casey Jones the editor-in-chief of the GBI yearbook <laughs> that's true that's true don't forget that Andrea Blucas is also our bird turn Yes, that's right. That's right. As I was making my notes about this, I, I, I knew that she held more than one title. And I thought there was yeah. even another one besides that, but now it's, it, it has escaped me. Yeah, because she was helping uh, Tiff round up all the wellness geese. <laughs> Don't forget that Yeah, show. well, that, that was a team effort. That couldn't be done by just two people. Yeah, no, for sure. I feel like in a way they still plague us, and I, I don't quite know what to do about it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we're being kind of haunted by them. There's no question. Adam, we have some new interns. Oh, man, I love when we get new interns, man. The first one is Deanna McCool. And Adam, before Deanna got married, she was known as Deanna Chomo. No kidding. She's one of the chosen ones? Yes, she is Paul's cousin. And if you're keeping score at home, and I know you are, listener, 
She is the seventh chomo to join the GBI. Dude, we need like chomo decoder rings. You know, that like every <laughs> week we have like a little broadcast in today's code. <laughs> it's kind of like the uh, the one uh, the decoder rings used to get as a kid, you know. Well, and we mentioned in I think two previous meetings that there were a couple other families. Uh, I think Brisky's family and, and Phil Rude's family that were adding some additional family members. And, and I think yep. the chosen ones got wind of that. And now they're just running up the score. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're like an NCAA football team before the, uh, <laughs> the news bracket series. Yeah. Because just, just in the top 10, we have three chomos. Yeah. They're just, they're just flooding it now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They make it look easy. I don't know how they do it, but <laughs> they do make it look easy. Well, how do you have such like a, like a large group of all, like of completely awesome people? That's a rarity. Of just really fun people. Yeah, but like in a, in a family, that's rare, dude. Yeah, I couldn't say that about my family. They're terrible. <laughs> what do you mean? Your dad is jovial and fun. Uh, he's neither of those things, actually, Adam, and you know that. So we're just going to move on. Things that drew me to your show. We're just going to move on. Adam, how about we celebrate July birthdays? We must. And guess what? We've reached the halfway mark in 2020. Thank goodness for that. Dude, we've been indoors for six months, three months. (laughs) Well, we're going to kick off the second half of 2020 with my birthday. Yeah, buddy. The founder himself, the founder's feast. (laughs) That's right. So four days ago, I turned 46 years old, Adam. God, 46? I don't think I realized we had such a large age gap between us. Oh, yeah. What is it? Uh, eight years? Nine years? Nine years, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's incredible. Yeah, so I'm an old man, Adam. No, I don't know. You know. I don't feel like you You should say that. I don't feel like you're an old man. I feel like you are 47, and that's it. 47? Good 46, Lord. No, 46. I'm, for, goodness <laughs> gracious. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I just aged a whole nother year in one exchange. <laughs> Life is fast, bro. It happens so quick. Boy, you're telling me I'm 46. <laughs> All right, well, let's get on with this. On the 2nd of July was the birthday of relative newcomer Vikram Baliga. Mm. And I know that's the correct pronunciation of his first name, but I wasn't able to confirm his last name, so I'm sure I said that wrong. So, Vikram, I apologize, but at least happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday. Tomorrow is the birthday of Hal Robbins. Happy birthday, cool. Hal. On oh, I actually skipped one or I had them on an order. On the fifth uh, today, today, Adam, today, happy birthday to Amy Jordan, who turns forty-two. She is the queen of the Austin comedy scene and host of the Yes But Why podcast. Oh, happy cool. birthday today, right? Happy <laughs> birthday! Yes, a- Amy, consider this meeting a little birthday party. And of course, <laughs> you, you you have a cake from Tiff. We'll have all the festivities. But we're, we're recognizing your birthday today. Happy birthday, yeah, Amy. We'll get some impromptu decorations before you leave. On the 12th of July is the birthday of my, uh, my longtime friend, Brian Summerall. On the 15th is the birthday of Karen Harris. On the 19th is the birthday of an old, old friend of mine who I have not done a great job of keeping in touch with, uh, Dave Turquette. Dave's a great guy. Happy birthday, Dave. On the 25th is the birthday of Brad Cranford, my, of my former college roommate fame. Right, right. And rounding out this month's birthdays is the 43rd birthday of Tom Coe of Jake and Tom Conquer the World. Oh, cool. You know him as Percy Thrillington in our group. Percy Thrillington, indeed. 
yeah, happy birthday, everybody. This was a great month of great people's birthdays. Not only that, Adam, sorry, I, I meant to add a, a fun fact. Not only is, is it his 43rd birthday, it's also his 20th wedding anniversary. What? How cool is that? That's amazing. That's a big deal. Congratulations on both of those things. Adam, we have a promotion to announce. I love promotions. I love promoting the staff. We actually announced this at last at our last meeting in, in the June meeting, but Karen Harris has accepted the position. She will join our site selection team as our real estate intern. Uh, dude, okay. First of all, I like Karen Harris. I do too. What a cool person. And this seems like it's going to be a great fit. I think the I think the phrase quick study applies <laughs> to Karen. No no one one had to pull her aside and explain to her what we're doing here. She kind of just figured it out really quickly. Yep. Yep. So much so that you'd think she's a chomo. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow secretly, I think she's going to pull off her rubber mask and reveal that she's... (laughs) Yeah, Scooby-Doo style. Yes, exactly. Karen Harris really is Somehow she's related to Paul Chomo. Yeah. (laughs) Adam, we have some facility updates. Okay. We need these, man. We got to keep our stuff fresh. Okay, so as you know, Adam, and as most of our listeners know, but not everyone, because we've got some newcomers all the time, mm-hmm. but every once in a while we add, we've got our main campus, but every once in a while we add a new off-campus facility, and that's mm-hmm. what we've done here. This comes to us from Dave Champa, and that is the Troy House in Monmouth. Mm. And listen to the details on this, Adam. It sits on six acres, and it has 33 bedrooms and two tennis courts. And good news, it's only $200,000. Oh, yeah. I know the property. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the bad news, <laughs> this is really fitting for how we open the show. The property is completely trashed inside and needs a complete renovation. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for ruining my surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. This is your home reno. God, man. Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, I was renovating gonna... all 33 bedrooms, dude. I wasn't going to press you for details, but they've they've come out naturally. <laughs> Seamless transition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's one of those things where I was I was a little hesitant on the purchase because it only had two tennis courts. Right. Sure. And I was really hoping for the two tennis courts, a squash court, and a racquetball court. Mm. But I had really a lot of faith in our interns for Rinos. I felt like this is the perfect job for our team. There's no question. Yeah, of course mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. Well, let's move on to our next facility upgrade. Okay. And this is from Karen Harris. And she put forth a motion to replace all the statues of Columbus on campus with statues of Columbo. <laughs> Which, that that move seems so obvious that I don't know why we didn't do this from the beginning. Yeah, I, I think it just took someone joining the company and putting fresh eyes on this to That's point true. out something that, that we should have figured out ourselves. And, yeah. But that, that's just how great she is. Yeah. And so I suggested that we put it in the gardens that connect the GBI Performance Park and the quad. Mm. But then you came along and vetoed me and said it should go by the main archway leading into GBI HQ. Yeah, it was. It was. I don't. Li- I don't like to veto you specifically, but I. I just. It was more like I needed to to put a stop to it immediately. And and you know I didn't have time to go through the proper channels. But like, hey, buddy, let me pull you aside and talk to you about it. This goes out front. Well, I, I mean, you know, you and I know each other really well, but this revealed something I didn't know about you, and that's that you're a huge Peter Falk fan. Oh, yeah, of course. 
How can you not be? And I think if I'd have known that, I would have made the suggestion that you made right away. I said, yeah, it's got to go out front because oh, that's true. Adam's yeah. a huge Peter Falk fan. I, I just didn't know. Yeah. No, you know what? That's a really good point. I'm, that makes a lot more sense now. Yeah. But, you know, friendships grow and you learn new things every day. <laughs> that's right. Keeps it fresh. It does. Wow. Guess what? Adam <laughs> loves Peter Falk. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? Wow. Okay. <laughs> That's great. I, I, I mean, I, I don't love him as much as you do, but I'm, I'm, I'm okay with him. He's an amazing detective. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, and presumably inspired by Karen's post about uh, a Columbo statue, Keith came along and curated an official list of statues that we want to acquire for campus. Super important. Yeah. And so let me just go over these real quickly. And so these are 10 statues we'll start working on uh, right away, and we'll place them around campus. First, the, the one at the top of the list makes all the sense in the world. That would be you and I holding golden shovels. Yeah, yeah. That's, that one goes on top of the arch. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Uh, next is Jack Klugman, and it was suggested that he go in the courtyard of the apartment, which is already in progress. <laughs> uh, third is a Frank and Lois uh, statue. That makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. Next is a statue of Peter de Vilbus. Obviously, that makes sense. Oh, man. Center of the quad. Yeah. It, well, it was suggested that this actually go outside the performing arts area in a, in a pose of, I think I better dance now. That's that's exactly right. That's I forgot about that because his, his inspiration to us all. I think he gets a double feature statue. <laughs> yeah, sure. Double sure. feature. Archway, archway flanking. I love archways and flanking statues. I agree. Uh, so the next one on the list is, and this is a, th- a three-man statue, so to speak, and that would be Batman, Bane, and Palpatine all together. That's right. Love That's it. right. Uh, yeah, perfect trifecta. Next on the list was a pair of cargo pants, and I, I don't remember <laughs> if I made this suggestion for someone else's, but someone suggested that it be put outside the library with cargo shorts as well, and then Brisky came along, and I think this makes a ton of sense. She said the pockets in the cargo pants and shorts should double as book returns. Oh, what a great idea, man. Number seven on the list was uh, John McCain, the recent, the recently deceased version, of course. Right, of course. Next is Gerald Ford uh, calling from the afterlife. No brainer. This next one makes even more sense, and that would be Ed Asner, and he's going to sit outside the cafeteria. Oh, yeah, of course. And Tiff said, um, can Ed be holding a death clock, please? And 100%. well, we said, sure. And then Keith said, what about Ed surrounded by the members of death clock? Oh uh, yeah. Watching over him. And then I think you and I were like, there it is. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's it. That's yeah, it. So, so uh, Ed Asner standing in the middle, surrounded by the members of death clock, which don't forget that that's pickles, the drummer, Nathan explosion, the lead singer, Squizgar squig elf, who is the, uh, lead guitarist, Toki Wartooth, the rhythm guitarist, and William Murderface, the bass player. Okay, and so that's a great list. That's nine statues. I think you and I agree with all of those. Here's where it got controversial. The number one vote getter on the list of statues, as voted on by the interns, was Elvira. What? And I, I don't get that at all because that doesn't fit into. The, the kind of the tapestry or the, or the lore of, of our organization at all. And so I said, why not replace it with Jordan? Yeah, Jordan is, I mean, the first caller to the show. Yes. And, and then 
so Keith jumped in and you, you and I were discussing it with him. And what we landed on was, is that we decided that he should be enshrined sitting in a, in a chair with a cigar and a drink, like in the last dance documentary, mm-hmm. holding a phone, calling the hotline. And because uh, as you pointed out, he was our very first hotline caller, the very first one. Right. I mean, his, he also won six NBA championships, but the early adoption to the gravity beard was really what kind of did it. The six champions alone are great. Yeah. But if not for being the very first person to call the hotline, I don't know that I would have made this specific suggestion. Yeah, no, this but this is perfect. The the yeah. the the last dance statue is perfect. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so we we don't normally a poll is a poll and whatever the the results are, they stand, but in this in this rare case, we're going to bump Elvira and replace it with Michael Jordan, only one of the greatest professional athletes of all time. I mean, the, the very standard by which all athletes are set. So, yeah, I'm not That's sure right. where the Elvira thing came from. I know, it was very confusing. That was confusing. Yeah. Even for us. <laughs> and we're not easily confused, let's be honest. <laughs> Especially. Here's the first thing. And this is, this comes to us from April Norcross. Thank you, April. Mm-hmm. And she suggested, hey, I heard about these 12-foot behemoth beach balls. Yeah. So this is this is an inflatable, like a traditional beach ball, inflatable, but it's twelve feet high. Yep. Okay. Yep. And she said, "Hey, you know, should we get some of these? You know, maybe read this review and decide." Yeah, I've definitely gotten hurt on one of these before. So the title of the review, I, I don't want this to bias you already, but the title of the review is a fun way to ruin a weekend and blow a hundred bucks. <laughs> I love that. It's a two. It's a two-star review out of out of five, of course. <laughs> but regardless, so it says. Now remember, this is a twelve-foot beach ball. It costs ninety-five dollars right. on on Amazon. The review says we took this ball to the beach, and after close to two hours to pump it up, whoa, <laughs> we pushed it around for about ten fun-filled minutes. That was when the wind picked up, <laughs> and sent it huddling down the beach at about forty knots. It destroyed everything in its path. Children <laughs> screamed in terror at the giant inflatable monster that crushed their sandcastles. Grown men were knocked down trying to save their families. The faster we chased it, the faster it rolled. It was like it was mocking us. Eventually, we had to stop running after it because its path of injury and destruction was going to cost cost us a fortune in legal fees. Rumor has it it can still be seen stalking innocent families on the Florida Panhandle. We lost it in South Carolina, so there's something to be said about its durability. <laughs> based on that review do you think we should get some of these of course okay good good i was really worried that 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 this that review would discourage you because i want to no, no i want to get at least four or five of these yeah even even with my experience of getting hurt so what i did was i climbed on top of it uh, and yeah. since i was young and foolish i didn't have like i didn't like stand up or like get it under me so i just went like straight over and then i landed like face first oh right and the right, ball right. Was, I, like my back like bent backwards oh. you know and then it knocked all the wind out of me mm-hmm. yeah i cried so really uh, it was all your fault oh yeah absolutely <laughs> it wasn't the ball's fault the ball's doing what ball's doing they roll yeah this sounds like a day full of joy to me mm-hmm. yeah no, no no it was not but it was not it was not the ball's fault no clearly okay great excellent okay well thank you april for bringing that to our attention we will fill out the requisite paperwork and get these ordered right away and we'll have a few of these on campus in no time yeah Free shipping. Okay. Here's an announcement from Keith. Mm. HR just notified me that the new GBI drive-in theater is completed. 
finally. Yes, here's some details. Don't sweat needing a car. We already have them provided there for you. All (laughs) classic models and all set up for movie watching. Beer donkeys will bring around drinks and food items to each car. Squatlers clean up the excess popcorn after. The grand opening will feature Up the Creek, the most overlooked comedy in movie history. Stop by the intern library and reserve a car. I just feel like that's such a good deal, man. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. Okay, here's our next announcement, Adam. This one also comes from Keith. Keith has been working on an exciting addition to the GBI gym, and he's ready for us to announce it. Oh, sweet. Let's do it. If you can believe it, he has hired Jean-Claude Van Damme to lead fitness classes. He got Van Damme? Yes, he actually did. Is it Kumite training? Of course. Yes, course. queen. Yes. Yes. Okay. So like, like a lot of things, it's only temporary. Uh, the program is once a week for five weeks. If you're interested, you need to go immediately and sign up for a spot. They're limited and they're going to fill up fast. Oh, dude, I got to get in there, man. I've got to get in there. And our next announcement, and this is something we've been promoting for a long time, and it's finally here. We were just waiting for summer. And that is water skiing with monkeys. There's a lot of ways to interpret that statement. No, this is literally going water skiing with monkeys. Yep, but are they driving the boat? Are they, you know, doing the boom pole? Are they skiing with you on the skis? There's a lot that can be said there. The answer to that, all of those things is yes. Okay, perfect. The monkeys can play whatever role that you want. And so what this is, is it's a high-flying interactive show where you can water ski with trained monkeys. And we've posted a video in the group for more information. Registration is now open and stop by to see Keith uh, to reserve your spot to water ski with monkeys. I feel like it's a huge opportunity, huge opportunity for those so inclined to do water skiing with monkeys. And I don't think we've done one of these in a while, but Adam, we have our next team building activity. Dude, you know how I feel about team building. You're the chief team builder. That's right. That's 100% correct. Well, this was brought to us by Tiff, and she wants us all to go and visit the world's quietest room. Oh, man. Okay, legit, that thing is insane. It's in Orfield Labs in Minneapolis. We've already booked a charter flight, so anybody that wants to go can go. We've got plenty of room on on this particular... Because for team building, spots are not limited. Anybody that wants to go, yeah, you don't yeah. even have to sign up. You just have to show up when we leave. That's right. And you, and you can go. Here's something that everyone should know. The chamber in the world's quietest room is so quiet that you can hear your own organs. That's right. Allegedly... You'll start to hallucinate after only 30 minutes. That is not hard to imagine whatsoever. Needless to say, I'm eager to get there because I don't understand why intense quiet would cause you to hallucinate. It's been said that the the longest anyone has lasted inside is 45 minutes. And then what happened to that person? I think they went insane. I mean, like, yeah, because like you're just sorry. Like, we just put a timer until you went insane? Yeah, I, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So just a, a quick a quick note on that. Like that's called an anechoic chamber. I learned about that in school when I was in Ooh. college. Uh-huh. And uh, it's one of the things where like, I, I think in my in just one comment, I think that what happens is like for us for who are so used to audio stimulation at all times, to suddenly be deaf and to not be able to shake the feeling where you can hear anything, I think would literally drive you crazy. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well we're about to find out. Yep. We'll see. Yep. All right, Adam. Let's leave the meeting room. Let's walk down the sidewalk and head over to the intern library. 
<laughs> with pleasure. The book of the week comes from Keith. It's called, again, remember, Summer Fun. That's the theme of, the, of this month's meeting. No doubt. This week's book of the week is called Dude Crafts with Mike Warren. Dude Crafts with Mike Warren. Okay. Is there, a, is there some subtext there? There sure is. This is the Man's Guide to Practical Projects, Backyard Ballistics, and Glorious Gags. <laughs> you can't get you can't go wrong with glorious gags, man. So what we plan to do is we want as many people to read this as possible, and then Keith's going to reach out to Mike Warren to see if he can't come and and host some clinics on campus. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, he's that's already been so in touch. We're, we're, basically, he's agreed to do it. We just need to work out schedules. Oh, okay, perfect. Yeah. So we do have another selection uh, this month in the library. Uh, again, under the summer fun theme. It's called the Nerf Blaster Modification Guide. This is the unofficial handbook for making your foam arsenal even more awesomer. This is a must-have for all young at heart. And our Bookmobile exclusive. I think you're going to like this one. I thought of you specifically when I saw this title. Okay. The Snark Handbook, the insult edition, with comebacks, (laughs) taunts, and affronteries by Lawrence Dorian. (laughs) <laughs> a classic Dorian novel. Yeah. Well, as soon as I read the word affronteries, <laughs> I was like, oh, Adam's going to love this. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're so right about that, actually. Yep. That's a great <laughs> word to add to the lexicon. <laughs> he loves affronteries, especially when they're snarky. <laughs> Without question, my friends. Snarky <laughs> affronteries is your specialty. <laughs> It's my native tongue. (laughs) See? (laughs) I thought so. Hashtag I know you. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) All right, Adam. Why don't we take a quick break and hear from one of our new promotional sponsors? Perfect. More platinum level content? Right after this. This week's episode is brought to you by Puppets on Demand, the Puppet Run Puppet Rental Service. Is your kid's birthday party flopping? Demand a party puppet! No union at your family reunion? Puppet up those peeps! Staff meeting feel like a drag? Teach them about Wemmis! Low turnout at Aunt Mabel's funeral? Puppets deliver great eulogies! Here at Puppets on Demand, we make sure the fun never stops with our patented peppy puppet polycarbonate material! After all, you can't spell puppet without puppet. Simply call our hotline, 1-888-DIAL-PUP. That's 1-888-DIAL-PUP. Puppets on Demand. Puppets helping puppets help people in a pinch. Disclaimer. We are not affiliated with nor based on any Jim Henson-related businesses or products. We We are are free free puppet puppet members members of of the the Puppet Puppet Guild Guild of North North America. America. Wow. Puppets on demand, Adam. Puppets on demand. I'm really glad to hear that they're unionized through the, you know, non... Yeah, we did the free puppets, basically. So that's good. Well, I think that's a, that's a great pitch. Very compelling. I'm not sure you can't spell puppets without puppets is, is a very compelling sales point. Yeah, and I can't believe they missed the obvious opportunity to use Master of Puppets as the theme music. <laughs> well, and also dial Pup. Why not just use Puppets as the phone number? 
<laughs> Two missed opportunities. Right. You know, I mean, you can't win them all, I guess. You know, you you know, nine times out of ten, it's perfect. But regardless, it is a great option if if you need puppets for for whatever you might need puppets for. Absolutely. Welcome back. For more information about Puppets on Demand, feel free to check out Weird With You. It's another terrific podcast from the Podfix Network. It can be found anywhere you listen to podcasts. Adam, I think it's time for some polls. You mean polls, buddy? Let's do this. (laughs) Thank you. It's time for some (laughs) polls. And speaking of Paul, he brings us our first one. Yes. And I don't know if you noticed, but there was a bit of a lull where there weren't quite as many Pauls in the group. Yep. And then all yep. of a sudden there's been a Paul explosion. That's right. Which is really good because I think the group thrives on Pauls. There's no question. It's it's the engine beneath the hood of the group is, is Pauls. <laughs> That's a great way to say that. And, and I think I think it, it's in keeping with the theme of this meeting, Summer Fun. You can't summer have fun. Summer Fun without a bunch of Pauls. Yeah. Or Summer Lovin'. <laughs> right. <Pauls>. Right. <laughs> and so... Some of our favorite Pauls, Adam, as you know, is when we when we determine the official something of the group. That's right. That's right. And that's what we've done. Paul, also known as Elimination Paul. Correct. He's helped us determine the official condiment of the GBI. This one was a yet another one that I suddenly cared more about than I thought I would. Let me just give a quick rundown on how this went. So... I just it, it served as another example of how if I gun for something, that will happen. And so I gunned for ketchup because ketchup was up against honey and it was behind. It was it was losing to ketchup, but in the end it won twenty four to twenty. As it should. Right. And and then because I didn't gun for Mayo, Mayo defeated Honey in the next round. But that's okay, because at least honey honey prevailed against ketchup. Yeah, well I like mayo. I like mayo mayo's fine. And then barbecue sauce advanced to the final by defeating Mayo 26 to 19. And then it's and that set up the final matchup between Mayo and barbecue sauce to become the official condiment of the GBI. So are you ready for me to announce the winner? Let's do it. The official condiment of the GBI is Barbecue sauce. So I'm okay with this. I am too. I think think this is how like people want most elections to go where it's like, man, I really wanted the other candidate, but you know, this one's still a really solid option. (laughs) Well, I'm really proud of our group because typically we, we vote for into madness. No, we we just vote for the mo- the most mundane option. Like I can't believe ketchup, mustard, or mayo didn't win this poll. It didn't. Barbecue sauce. I think that's a sign of things to come. Perhaps, perhaps things are going to get a little more interesting going forward. That's a really really good point, though. Yeah. In any case, the final score was twenty five twenty. Barbecue defeats mayo to become the official condiment of the GBI. But you know who makes the best of mundane options? What's that? Bonnie Choma when it comes to chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> <laughs> she will troll you all the way off the planet. <laughs> you know what? Her amazing trolling is the only thing that makes it worth it. That <laughs> chocolate chip cookie is the official cookie of the group. 
that was the funniest thing. She was actively seeking you out. <laughs> she was trolling anybody that went for chocolate chip cookies. And it was, oh, yeah. Absolutely. It was, it was an amazing trolling effort. <laughs> it was, and a successful endeavor. It turns out that there's a lot of different barbecue sauces. And so Paul took it one step further and did a quick poll to determine everyone's favorite barbecue sauce. And so out of nine options, the winner was bourbon and brown sugar. So the actually the official condiment of the GBI is bourbon and brown sugar barbecue sauce. I'll take that, but it's not my favorite. I like a nice salty, smoky sauce. Yeah, I do too. That's okay. Yeah. Let's run down the rest of our Pauls. This next poll was kind of Paul versus Keith because Paul wanted to take on bowling and claim mm. that it was not a sport. And uh, Paul, I'm sorry to say this, but you got your ass handed to you because 72% of respondents said that bowling is a sport and therefore Keith prevails. Yeah, bowling's a sport, dude. Hands down. Yeah, apparently so, and 72% agree. Okay, the next Paul uh, came to us from Brisky, and she wanted to know the correct pronunciation of pecan. (laughs) It came down to three options. Pecan, pecan, and pecan. Do you remember what you voted for? Of course. Which was? I think I voted for pecan. You did vote for pecan. That was the second place response. So the first place response was pecan. 57% yeah. of the people said that that's how you say it. 39% said pecan. Trailing in third with only 14% was pecan. Adam, I voted for the correct option. So well, I, I gave I was, ah, in the results. I was on the majority side, therefore a win occurred. Well, this is an interesting poll to rub it in on. I feel like this was a, a non-loaded poll that you made suddenly very aggressive. You you know that polls are never non-loaded. <laughs> like the potato poll, which we dominated. <laughs> yes, we did. We did. Okay, moving on. The next poll, I'm sorry. The next poll came mm-hmm. to us from our yearbook editor-in-chief, Casey Jones. Yep. And this was to determine the official candy bar of the GBI. Oh, yeah. And what was interesting was is that Kit Kat won in a narrow victory over Butterfinger and Twix, which actually I'm okay because Kit Kats are delicious and they've got a great texture. Yeah, I, I'm i fine with the result. I also like both those better than Kit Kat. I think they're too sticky and chewy. Really? Mm-hmm, I do. Hmm. Right behind those were um, Snickers and Three Musketeers. I like both of those, so that's fine. By the way... Maybe you forgot this because both of us voted for Kit Kat. I did forget that because I like a Butterfinger and a Twix better than Kit Kat. Huh. Well, you accidentally voted for the correct option. <laughs> Therefore, what was the final count? I might have swayed it. Damn it. Uh, I don't think so. I don't, think it, I don't know. Who knows? But in any case, just relish the fact that you were on the majority side and a win I occurred. Mean, and I win because Kit Kat is delicious, like you said. Yeah. It's crunchy and delicious. It is. It's got great texture. Yep. Okay, our next poll came from newcomer Vikram Baliga from Planthropology. I didn't mention that earlier. He's got a great podcast called Planthropology. That doesn't have anything to do with plants on a ledge, right? Well, I was going to say, Adam, I'm sure he talks about plants not found on ledges because <laughs> why would you have a podcast about house plants? That's ridiculous. <laughs> but he wanted to, he posed this question to the group which hand soap is best and why? Excellent, excellent question. And so here, here's how it broke down. Okay. The winner by far was liquid soap. You and I both voted for liquid soap. Again, a win occurred. <laughs> We're racking up the wins, Adam. That's right, baby. 
Relish it, baby. In <laughs> uh, second was foaming soap, which I like foaming soap. We have a lot I of that around too. our house. I'm yep. a fan of foaming soap. Yep. Uh, bar soap finished in third, and Casey Jones uh, voted for urine. <laughs> classic, classic woodsman. <laughs> yeah, uh, I wasn't aware that was a substitute for soap, but apparently it is because uh, Casey <laughs> Casey voted for urine. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're also about to wrap this up. It's not finished, so we'll have to hold the results until our August meeting. But Keith is holding a fast food mascot battle royale. Mm. And I don't have any details. Uh, I think we're around in the second or third round. We're getting down to the end. And like I said, we'll announce those results in August. Yeah, that's going to be interesting the way that shakes out. I agree. And I do have my favorites. I've not chosen to gun for anything. I don't know if I'll have to, but I think you know what will happen if I do. Yeah. No, you only use that when you need it. That's right. Who knew that Luke's Asian soups all those years ago would in, in like impugn these magical abilities upon him? <laughs> Unleashed a monster that can't be stopped. <laughs> <laughs> With great power, man. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, no, I understand. I get it. Okay, Adam, you know what that sounder means. Oh, boy, do I. It means it's time for the Ed Asner Death Clock update. Perfect. Now, Adam, what we've done up to this point is before we've gotten to our update, you've shared with us a Death Clock fun fact. Do you have, sir, another Death Clock fun fact? Of course. All right. Are you serious? Of course. You've not run out of Death Clock fun facts yet. There are impossible... It is impossible to run out of Death Clock fun facts. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm, each each month I'm getting more and more skeptical because I feel like we're getting to the end of the list of fun facts. But by all means, share with us your Death Clock fun fact. No problem. So today's fun fact are the album titles of their first three albums. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. Now, you can buy these on iTunes. This is This is... I mean, they're a real band. Of course they are. So the first album release was, was of, of course, called The Death Album. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the, the follow-up album was uh, The Death Album 2. Right. Makes sense. And, Perfect. Right. Yeah. And then their subsequent album after that was uh, The Death Album 3. Nice. Okay. And head out to iTunes and buy those babies. That's right. You got to do it. And let me give you a, a bonus fact. Whoa. One of the singles on the Death Album first release was called Blood Dracuted. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. There it is. There it is, folks. All right. Thank you, Adam. It's my pleasure. Let's move on to our Ed Asner Death Clock update. Good news. As far as I know... Ed Asner is still alive. And get this, there are only 136 days until Tiff can no longer hold me personally responsible for his death. Dude, let's hope he doesn't get COVID. No, no, I I feel like we're we're in the home stretch. There's only 136 days left. Yeah, we're going to do it, man. As you might say, I feel like I'm in the butter zone. (laughs) That is correct, friend. All right. Well, now that that's behind us, Let's move on to something that is completely unrelated to the health of Ed Asner. And let's talk about the next round of candidates for our three-room apartments. Let's do it. 
Okay, to recap from last month's meeting, Kenny Rogers and James Lipton will join David Stern and round out our 20th apartment. Max von Sydow, Curly Neal, and Robert Conrad will occupy our 21st apartment. And then you and I both used our special privilege, so Bill Rieflin and William Brom will occupy the first two rooms in our 22nd apartment. And now let's find out who's going to rent out that apartment and occupy others. The, the first five candidates are people that will automatically get in based right. on the number of votes that they got in the, um, in the intern's choice poll, which we run in the group. So here we go. These are automatic emissions. First uh, comes from Tiff, and that is Little Richard. Mm-hmm. He got 35% of the vote. He's an American singer-songwriter musician who performed in seven different decades. He was considered one of the architects of rock and roll. Little Richard died at the age of 87 at his home from a cause related to bone cancer. Mm. Next was a candidate from Phil Rude, and that was John Prine. He got 22% of the vote. He's an American folk singer-songwriter icon. He died of complications caused by COVID-19. He was 73. The next candidate that will be automatically admitted came from Brad Cranford. That is Don Shula, a man you are very familiar with. Absolutely. He got 17% of the vote. He, of course, is the Hall of Fame coach of the Miami Dolphins. He won two Super Bowls, and in 1972, for those that don't know, I'm not sure who doesn't, but he led the Dolphins to the only perfect season in NFL history. Shula died while trying to avoid a seagull attack on the 13th green at Indian Creek. He apparently tripped and fell into a sand trap where he was impaled by the rake. Don Shula was 90 years old. What a terrible way to go, man. The worst. You know, a literal trip and fall. Yeah, right onto a rake. It was gruesome. <laughs> Just like a, car- a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, if only, if only. <laughs> Next was a candidate from Paul Chomo, and that is Mort Drucker, who got 7% of the vote. And I did not know who Mort Drucker was, and I'm very surprised he got automatic admission, but he is a legendary artist from Mad Magazine. Drucker died recently when Alfred E. Newman accidentally dropped a cartoon anvil on his head. Drucker was 91. That is so unfortunate. It's just like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Exactly like that. And the last candidate that is getting automatic admission this month came from Chris Osborne. That is Tommy DePaola. He also got 7% of the vote. I didn't know who he was, but apparently he is the author and illustrator of more than 260 children's books, including, and I'm going to say this incorrectly, I apologize, Chris, Streganona? Streganona? I don't know. Apparently, that's a famous book, a children's book. Anyway, he was badly injured in a fall in his barn studio the previous week and died of complications following surgery. He was 85. Okay, so now, unfortunately, Adam, these next candidates did not get enough votes for automatic admission, and the only way that they'll get in is if you or I decide to use our special privilege to admit them. So here we go. Okay. First from Chris DeVos, Roy Horn, who got 4% of the vote. He was one half of the popular Las Vegas animal and magic act, Siegfried and Roy. He died at the age of 75 from complications from COVID-19. Next from Paul Chomo was Florian Schneider, who got 3% of the vote. He is the co-founder of the hugely influential electronic pop group Kraftwerk. Florian died of cancer back in April. He was 73. Next is another candidate from Chris Osborne. Thank you, Chris. And that is Al Kaline. Unfortunately, he only got 1% of the vote. He was a Hall of Fame outfielder and Detroit Tigers legend. 
He played all 22 years of his career for the Detroit Tigers, earning the nickname Mr. Tiger. Kaline died while base jumping off a cliff into Lake Michigan. The medical examiner said he suffered a stroke on the way down and was dead before he hit the water. Al Kaline was 85. You mean alkaline? <laughs> <laughs> yes, alkaline. <laughs> Our next candidate came from Phil Rude, that illustrator guy. Harold Reed, who got 1% of the vote. He is the founding member of the Statler Brothers. He finally lost his longtime battle with kidney failure. Reed was 80 years old. And our last candidate, who will need a special privilege to get in, was nominated by me, baby, me. And that is Tom Lester. Tom also only got 1% of the vote. He is the last living cast member of the television show Green Acres. He died at the age of 81 from complications related to Parkinson's disease. Huh. There you go, Adam. Those are the five that need our help. Are you going to use your special privilege? So I feel like the criteria of the celebrity apartment, I feel like that Roy Horn fits that category. Who on this planet doesn't know who Siegfried and Roy is? Yeah. So I feel like... He, that's the very definition of the criteria match. Well, at least it's the it's the beginning of the conversation, right? One of the first things we we say is, is "Have you heard of him?" Right? Do you recognize either their picture or do you recognize their name? And there's there's no question if you said now I don't know if you said Roy Horn. People are like I don't know, but if you said Siegfried and Roy, and everybody knows who that is. Yeah, that I feel like that counts. I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think that, uh, you know, Roy had such a tragic end, too, man. I mean, didn't, wasn't he the one that got bit by the tiger? Mm, I don't remember. Yeah, I think he was. So, I mean, like, I mean, he served the tigers his whole life. Then a crowd, I mean, it was a whole tragic situation, but. And then he went down as a victim of a global pandemic. That's right. Yeah, yeah. After, yeah, he's in. You're in, buddy. <laughs> wow, you're using your special privilege on, on Roy Horn. Absolutely. Okay. Okay, great. All right. Well, um, I'll be totally honest, and I didn't give this much thought already, so I'm I'm doing this in real time. I'll tell you what. I thought about Al Kaline, and he certainly had had a a legendary career in Detroit, but I I don't know that a lot of people recognize his name, and and he's not not quite legendary in baseball, so I I can't use it on, on Al Kaline. I was going to use it on on Harold Reed, who who is a founding member of the Statler Brothers, but he's not even one of the Statler Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. I don't know. I, I like I go back and forth on that because I mean you know who the Statler Brothers are, right? Yeah, but I mean not well enough to make a, an educated judgment call on this one. But they're not like Kenny Rogers. They're, you know, they're not right. like Merle, they're not like Merle Haggard. They're, they're, right. So, so he's not really a legend either. In his, he's he's right. rec- he's recognizable, but he's not a legend. Important distinction. Yeah, for sure. And, and I don't think people recognize him by name. People don't know who Harold Reed is by his name. No. And so, so sadly, I'm. And as much as I'd love to put Tom Lester in, because I, I love Green Acres, he wasn't one of the. I don't know. He, he wasn't. He wasn't one of the more famous members of the cast of Green Egg. I don't know. I just n- yeah. all of them were like borderline, and they're all kind of tied. And I, so I, I'm not going to use my special privilege. Well, I think we have to remember that the rules are unflinchingly rigid, you know, for the apartment. So if they don't meet the criteria, they're out. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Unfortunately, so. So okay, so 
uh, Little Richard is going to join Bill Rieflin and William Brom in the 22nd apartment. That means John Prine, Don Shula, and Mort Drucker will op- occupy the 23rd apartment. And then Tommy DePola and thanks to you, Roy Horn, will kick off our 24th apartment. And we'll find out who will round that out at our August meeting. That's perfect. We are almost wrapping things up here, but we have one, just one, hotline message. And here it is right now, Adam. What's up, Turd? Hey, Tori. So call him Turd. Kelsey says they're nice. Now we talk. It is. We're on vacation. We are, and we've had a little distraction. <laughs> 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 it's Tori and Kelsey. Yes. So we're in Buena Vista, Colorado. Hey, it's gorgeous here. And we're in Kansas, so we're like, oh my god, this is amazing! Yeah, and the water's not that The water in Kansas looks like chocolate milk. All the time. Oklahoma interns can agree with that. You know, dirty water. Yeah, they did. It doesn't smell like chocolate milk, so I guarantee that. So we're just following the hair. Oh man, what a great message. What a great message. Always. They always leave Dude. great messages. Dude, let me just tell you, first of all, I second that Black Lives Matter is awesome. Like let's 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 come together, people. Secondly, it, just to hear those two voice like their voices brings me a, a wellspring of, of happy emotions. And Additionally, I find I'd like to quote Tori from the Hutch and Shutton podcast. And he said, well, you better get it right. And I quote, because I am not editing. (laughs) 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 Well, as we've said it several times before, the two of them are just completely they're they're just such delightful people to spend time. They really are. They really are, man. God. Yeah, they're just great. And last month was Kelsey's birthday, I believe, on the twenty on the twenty sixth. Mm-hmm. And Tori uh, baked her a cake, and I loved it because uh, Kelsey posted a uh, a picture of him making the cake, and she said, "He's this is sweet. He's making me a cake, but he's never made one before." And you see uh, Tori like uh, hunched over a, a set of instructions, <laughs> which I thought was very endearing. And you know, they, they yes, just, it is. They're just the coolest people, man. Well, I, I and and their history with us goes way back. I, I believe the first few messages was Kelsey calling in because a, a bird got stuck in her chimney. Do you remember That's that? That's right. How can I forget? <laughs> it was huge. How can I forget that? And, and it's, so anyway, thank thanks. We, we love both of you so much, and thank you for calling in, especially on your vacation. Uh, but speaking of that, I want to add this. They said they were driving at the time. They were driving through Buena Vista, Colorado. I have been to Buena Vista, Colorado many, many times. And I don't know if they stopped there, but there's a great little roadside ice cream place called Kay's Dairy Delight. And uh, it's too late, obviously, because I can't tell them to try it. But if anybody listening is driving through Buena Vista, Colorado, I've been to Kay's. My my history with Kay's in the city of Buena Vista goes back over 25 years. And I've been to Kay's several times. So there you go. There's, There's a travel tip. Well, dude, that's a pro travel tip. It's not some like to be taken lightly. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that's all of our messages, and we don't have a message from Peter, which we often like to end the show with. 
But as he's explained, and as you've, we've, you and I very much understand, gold doesn't strike all the time. It just it strikes when it strikes. Right. Yeah, and you have yeah. Luckily, we're able to capture the lightning in a bottle. You know, whenever it happens. So that's correct. That's right. But I do have something we're going to do from time to time as the information is made available to us. But Adam, I have the first installment of Peter DeVilba's fun facts. Oh yes, this is going to be great. Yes. So we're going to end our meeting with a Peter DeVilba's fun fact in lieu of a hotmail message. Perfect. Here you go, Peter has been to a show so we know he goes to a lot of concerts Mm -hmm. he's been to a show meaning a performer or a band for every letter of the alphabet that is an incredibly fun fact (laughs) and then and he said he made a special note that does not count cover or tribute bands wow i wonder who his z was Ooh, i don't know and q cz top (laughs) if he's on cz top that's amazing we need to message him and we'll do a follow-up to this fun fact. We need to find out some of the tougher letters and which ones he saw. Yeah, X. Queensryche? You think he's seen Queensryche? <laughs> D- definitely seen Queensryche, for sure. <laughs> okay. All right, well, Peter, we we know you're listening. We, we would like a, a little follow-up to this fun fact, which I agree with Adam. It's incredibly fun, but there's some tougher letters in the alphabet, so if you'll fill in some of those for you, we'll share them next month. Yeah, and let's not forget that you know, he his statue is currently being uh, constructed. So that's that's right. And yeah. and also, uh, I'll, I'll add a fun fact that came out during my conversation with him. He's not seen uh, Bruce Springsteen. How has he not seen Bruce Springsteen? Right. Anyway, he has not seen it's Bruce the Springsteen. Boss. All right, Adam. Well, without further ado. Oh, come on. No, there, there's. I have none. There's no more ado. I wanted a, at least a little bit more ado. Uh, but there's not. There's just not. Uh, fine. Whatever, man. That concludes this month's staff meeting. Boo. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) All right, here's some brief credits before we go. The content of these meetings is generated almost entirely by our talented team of interns. If you'd like to contribute to the show, we'd love to have you join the team. Just search Gravity Beard Interns on Facebook. It's where we have very serious conversations about the dumbest things ever. Call us on the hotline if you like. That number is 321-465-2180. If you enjoyed the show, please tell another human about it. Gravity Beard is a proud member of the Podfix Network. To find other great shows consistently creating platinum-level content, go right now to podfixnetwork.com or search at Podfix on Twitter. Music on the show is by Silent Partner. You can find them on the YouTube audio library. Promotional consideration this episode comes from Justine and Santiago and the talented team at Weird With You. For my dear friend and co-host, Lord Saunders, I'm your other co-host, Tove. This meeting is adjourned. Everybody be kind to one another. We need each other now more than ever before. Please, please love your neighbor as yourself. Gravity Beard is a proud member of the Fix Network. You know, like they, I feel like that he, whoa, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) I just rolled into my mic stand and about knocked my microphone over. That'll make the blooper real.